Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 156. John and Wendy talk to Sharon Green. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How's it going, John? Wendy, I'm well, and we're on one of these Saturday recording sessions with a, a friend from the UK, which we always enjoy doing. Yes. A lot of our listeners are listening week to week, so they hopefully have heard episode 155, where you and I just caught up, wanted to give a couple of updates there. Things move fast. I had mentioned briefly <laughs> in that conversation that I uh, was looking at an opportunity or potentially going to be doing something with our friend Christy Engler. That, sadly, folks, is not happening. Disappointed, but hey, that's how it goes. Uh, Christy is going to be continuing to do other things. She's got a couple speaking things out there that if you're not following her, go go check out her stuff because <laughs> she's awesome and we, we yes, really, really like her. While that's not happening, you have something new that's popped up. Yeah. Uh, so it was a little over a year ago, uh, uh, HR Transform reached out about uh, they, their conference. They're, they have a, an annual conference, usually in Vegas in the spring. And uh, we were looking at partnering with them for that. Alas, they did have to cancel in um, 2020. They also decided to not do anything in person for 2021. But they do have a virtual uh, conference coming up March 22nd through 24th. And I will be um, a part of that conference. I'm going to be moderating a panel for them. I will be moderating a uh, conversation about remote onboarding and onboarding in general, because we know onboarding starts long before the person even applies for the job. I am super excited to be partnered with HR Transform. They've been um, putting out some conversations uh, quarterly, doing um, virtual conversations with folks about great you know, timely topics. They did one on um, mental wellness. They've done one on recruiting in the time of COVID. Excited to be partnered with them, and hopefully, fingers crossed, in 2022, uh, we will be able to be in person in Las Vegas. So check them out. Their uh, website is transform.us, and you'll be able to see everything HR Transform on that site. We will certainly have that in the show notes, and we'll also have the show notes that include that Humoriso is sponsoring this episode because I almost forgot yes. to mention it. So I do <laughs> want to thank Humoriso for doing that. And I think, Wendy, we can blame that on this Saturday recording schedule because yes, that's not typically course. what we do. You know, I mentioned super excited to have Sharon with us and uh, another friend in the UK. We have talked repeatedly about expanding the international, not only listener base, but the guest base. And we're going to do that again today. I'll stop talking, let you make the introduction. Let's get going. Super excited to welcome Sharon Green to the show. She founded Chiara Consultancy 15 years ago. Her consultancy helps clients change, innovate, and maximize the power of their people. Sharon is a professional interim consultant, qualified coach, and people project manager specializing in helping businesses map out executable change and transformation programs that take account of people, structures, processes, technology, comms, and engagement. These programs could be anything from large-scale trans transformational changes down and working across different sectors in companies from startups to global corporate companies. Her projects vary and are usually connected with any part of the employee experience from attraction through to onboarding, induction, development, retention, engagement, and creating a culture of performance. Sharon loves technology and has hands-on tech systems implementation experience and a passion for engagement, culture, and employer branding. Her unpaid side hustle is running the HR Interim Networking LinkedIn Group, a community for people, consultants, 
coaches and interims. You'll also find her talking um, people, change, tech, and comms on Twitter. So Sharon, welcome to the show today. We are so pumped to have you. Um, but our first question always, what is in your glass? Oh, I've been waiting for this. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Ordinarily, obviously, being um, British, you'd expect me to have a cup of tea. It's in the afternoon. <laughs> Maybe I'll have a biscuit. But I like to be a little bit different. And since lockdown, I have been reacquainting myself with this drink, which I had when I was a kid. And it's kind of taking me back to nice childhood memories when we're kind of sitting in our house and going through all of this chaos. And so this, I don't know whether you get it in um, the US. Um, it's a bit of a strange drink over here, actually, but it's called dandelion and burdock and it's a very it's probably a northern thing northern thing in the uk but it's it's this drink that just takes me back to my childhood so that is what is in my glass today definitely can say we haven't had that come up before what what exactly does that taste like does it taste like dandelions like what is Uh, it's kind of like my husband hates it he thinks it tastes (laughs) like um he thinks it tastes like kind of a little bit medicinal, so maybe it might be, I don't know, Dr. Pepperish, I don't know, but I just love it. It just, take, it just takes me back to being a kid. Yeah, I've got reacquainted with it during lockdown for some reason. It just feels like there's some kind of comforting thing about drinking it. Never had it named on this show. I've never heard of it, so now, I, now I've got to go try to find some sometime sooner than later. <laughs> <laughs> When you're over, when you're over, maybe I can take you out and we can have Perfect. one. That would be. I think that thing. sounds like a great plan, Sharon. So we know what you're doing now, but how exactly did you get your start in human resources? That's kind of an interesting one. So I didn't start in human resources. I started as I started working for the National Health Service over here in the part of the health service called health education and health promotion, which is really about helping and supporting people uh, to make behaviour change in a way that looks after their health. So some of, for me, there's some of the work that I was doing then is kind of like a precursor to, I guess, what you'd call well-being now. So I used to work with workplaces, looking at how they could help and support their health and well-being of their workforce. Uh, we used to provide lots of learning and development. And so as well as running my team and running projects um, and being responsible for a team as a line manager, I also used to do lots of training. And I guess that that kind of was in my my kind of route into HR. So I was a line manager. I did lots of things around. I was always the people person and the team, you know, volunteering to do all, all of the HR related projects. Um, and then I decided that I needed to make this official and move from my line management into HR and so that's what I did. So I always think, I always say sometimes that I'm not proper HR because I didn't do all of those things that you do to kind of embed your career in HR. I kind of started off in the line management role and then moved into HR. That's how I got into HR in the first place. Awesome. I, I think that's a, a good segue into HR understanding because you understand the day to day, you understand what's going on. That can give you a leg up from those that have never done that. What made you decide to start consulting and what's been the biggest challenge of deciding to go out on your own? So I've had like a fairly long career in, in kind of professional um, roles. I've done a number of things in the kind of HR and development space. And I kind of spent six years with my last um, company, my last permanent role. And it's been 
a big change journey. So lots of the roles that I've done in my permanent career were all, all involved setting things up from scratch or developing a new role or like maybe writing a strategy and then spending years kind of executing that and kind of bringing it to fruition in workplaces, which I really, really enjoyed. And then after six years working for an international law firm, which is what I did, I was responsible for all of their development, but also for their talent acquisition at the Cheney level. So I had Cheney lawyers recruiting them and doing all of the on-campus branding and so on and so forth. I just got to the stage where I was like, oh, what am I going to do next? What can I think of, I guess, progressing in my career? And I was looking for something that was going to stretch and challenge me, uh, that was going to offer me a bit more flexibility. Law firms back in those days would tended to be a, quite a traditional employer. And, and when I'd kind of spoken about flexibility with my kind of line managers, they weren't, they couldn't really see how that would fit in for them and felt like a little bit of, of, of a crossroads. And all of the um, permanent opportunities that were kind of coming across my desk were for other types of firms. And so I just thought, you know, I don't know whether much as I love lawyers, I don't know whether I really want to work with them again. You know, I kind of feel like, you know, I need to branch out. I need to kind of experience what it would be like working for different organizations. And I'd done that in my permanent career. And I just thought if I don't do it now, I might never do it. So basically, I kind of did a lot of planning, had lots of deep conversations and handed in my resignation. I got my business cards printed. I named my company, which is Wendy has already kind of found. I didn't really think so. <laughs> I didn't think this through. I just thought Chiara Consultancy is actually based in it's an Italian word. And I love all things Italian. And I thought it'd be oh, really cool. And it matched my strap line, which is clear thinking people's solutions, because Chiara means clear in Italian. And I thought, yeah, this is it. I'm going to, I'm just going to go for it. So stepped off um, of permanent employment. I did that for a few reasons, really. One, flexibility. I, I felt like I needed to be more in charge of my own career. I felt I'd got to the stage where I was ready to take a risk and probably stretch myself in a few ways, not just based on my technical expertise, which I felt like I'd got a lot of good grounding over my permanent career. I just felt that learning some new things about running a business could really stretch me. It was just the right time for a challenge. And my husband is ever the realist and just said, what's the worst that could happen? You absolutely hate it. You're really terrible at it. And you'll have to go back to a permanent job, which wasn't the kind of motivational speech that I was quite expecting. But it took the pressure off. I thought, yeah, he's right. I can just go for this. And fast forward 15 years and I'm still doing Kiara Consultancy and still enjoying it and learning lots of great things, really. We really do enjoy having the international conversations because while I think many of the things that we ultimately deal with are comparable, we know there are things that are unique to where you are. Beyond COVID, what are some of the HR challenges that you've seen that are unique for you in the UK? I think this is really tough. Because I'm not really sure, um, if I'm honest, okay. if there are things that are um, completely unique to a UK context. I, I was kind of scratching my head, if I'm honest, when I was thinking about, you know, like, really, you know, it, I mean, there must be things, right? Because um, I was doing a, a presentation the other evening um, just to kick off a session to facilitate just as a favor to one of my uh networking community and it was for a danish business organization 
And there just felt like such a lot of commonality between the experiences that we were talking about, even within a unique culture. So my gut tells me and my experience tells me that all businesses, all contexts are kind of unique, but there's such a lot of commonality that you can see once you go into somewhere and you kind of look for it. I'm not entirely sure whether or not there is anything that's completely unique. Maybe if I think about it in a wider context, maybe the cultural nuances that we have within the UK or within the within Europe. So when I've worked in France, for example, you know, you can see some common threads, but there's obviously very unique cultural differences between the way that we would work in the UK and the way that you would work in France, for example. So I think for me, it is about being aware that we have lots of commonality, but being very acutely sensitive to the differences, whether that's language, even if we speak the same language, like between the US and the UK, for example, just picking up on the subtle cues and differences and being open to that rather than presuming that my context is the same as yours. I think that's what I feel is so important. And even within the UK, there are there are differences between the regions or the experiences or the history and the background, etc. So you've stumped me with that question, I have to say. You both know, I was, when I got that one, I, I was like, mm, I should come up with something more intelligent than that. But that that's kind of what I've got. Appreciate you answering it. I think the cultural piece is certainly at play. You know, we always, we always say things are comparable, but the laws are different and how we apply those. I appreciate you giving it that much thought and we don't mean to challenge. Which is- <laughs> It's good to be challenged. I like a good challenge. It kind of gets me thinking. I was, you know, so yeah, I'm up for that. Well, I think one of the things you touched on was was kind of important too, because for you and and John and I, we all speak technically, we speak Mm -hmm. the same language, but we don't. So being, I think just being aware of those things as we're going into into it, that there are some subtle differences that Mm -hmm. you might not be aware of, even if we sound like we're talking in the same language. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Sharon, you and I have gotten to know each other through the HR Hour Twitter chat, which Mm -hmm. has been, I I absolutely love. It's a great way to break up my Thursday afternoon. (laughs) As you guys are rounding out your day, I'm just saying, I'm done with my day. My day's just, (laughs) we're almost there. When did you start participating in Twitter chats? Why do you continue to jump on? I think when I started being on Twitter, for me, it was kind of an experimentation. What really piqued my interest about Twitter is I was challenging myself as to whether or not I could say anything reasonable and meaningful in 180 characters or whatever it was um, at the start of Twitter. So I kind of jumped on thinking, this is going to be really good for my um, for testing my skills. And now, actually, it's interesting. When I think about the comms work that I do for some of my clients, I think, how would this look in a tweet? So it's kind of like a kind of challenge to see how succinct you can be. And so I jumped on Twitter chats when I when I found out about them. I mean, I'm, a, I'm very into community building, relationship building, networking, learning. And so Twitter chats just felt like I'd found a, a you know, like a, a home really to be able to meet interesting people, meet different people that I might not necessarily bump into a a regular networking event face-to-face back in the day when you were able to do that kind of thing. Yeah, so as soon as I found them, I just kind of jumped on them and have been doing them ever since. So I do HR hour 
and I do a and I've dipped into a couple of your kind of there's more the more US ones that are, but sometimes I get the timing wrong and I was actually listening to one of your podcasts where I think it was um was it Mikkel who was saying that she'd sent reminders to somebody which I thought was kind of very above and beyond um to schedule a Twitter chat but I think I'm going to need to do some of that with the ones that I haven't dived into so far because I do get the timing and the kind of time zones kind of mixed up so I'm kind of like am I on the right Sunday of the month or the right day of the month to kind of take part in some of these chats and I also do a regular we call it um hashtag L&D insight which is for learning and development and organizational development professionals on a Friday morning which is kind of my end of the week kind of kickstart my brain for a Friday talking about some of the challenges there and I just love I just love the opportunity to be able to think learn connect hear different views um you know have my views challenged and and the opportunity to meet people like you because without without that I would never have met some of the people that I kind of feel privileged to call connections now so it's pretty cool really and it's not what I expected when I joined Twitter you, you've touched on a couple of things. One time zones are hard. They just are. <laughs> but yeah, the connection piece, I, that's why we're on and, and why we can, you know, why we continue to do them and how, how John and I met. Yay, Twitter chats. <laughs> Sharon, a few moments ago, I said that we don't necessarily like to challenge or are looking to make challenging uh-huh. questions. However, with something new that we've been doing the last many months with previous guests asking questions, some of them have come up with some rather challenging things that Winnie and I agree we don't necessarily want to try to answer. In this case, Robin Schooling asks, do you think human resources will exist in 2041? And if so, what will it look like? Yeah, that was kind of like a boom kind of question, wasn't it? It was just like, what is that? So I'm hopeful that it'll exist in some way, shape or form. I think that for me, I think that there will always be a human element to work and therefore people who have a deep interest in kind of supporting that human element to work. Will it be like it is today? No. Um, I think my view is, if we think about human resources in 2041 as a profession, then I think that for me as a kind of tech fan, I think it's going to have way, way, way more technology than we've got at our disposal right now. Um, I think probably a lot of the tasks that might be being done by people within an HR team will be being done by technology, uh, regular queries and information, signposting, etc. for um, for people within businesses, etc. I'm hoping that we'll kind of remember that technology itself isn't unbiased and that maybe the technology that's being put into organisations to kind of facilitate work and, and support the people that are doing the work will will probably be being coded by a much more diverse audience and therefore give a much better product for for the people that are working in in 2041. I'm hoping that we'll always remember that there's a human core, no matter how technical and tech-enabled work and life becomes in 2041. I think that I'm really hopeful that we'll get a balance between technology and and the human elements of things, because that's what makes um, human beings so unique, that despite all of the tech that comes into our, our lives, I think, yeah, I think that um, we need to remember that it's a human, there's a human empathetic element to, to things. And I also think that I'm hoping in 2041 that we'll have much more equity, diversity, 
we'll just look around and see a much more representative workforce and professional workforce particularly and that maybe some of the challenges and the the things that are really present and uppermost in our minds now um, will be things that we'll look back as work that's been done and new challenges to kind of go forward for I don't know what Robin wants to think about in 2081 or something like crazy like that yeah so that's kind of those are the kind of things that I'm hoping that we'll see kind of if we fast forward all those years ahead. With that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Humoriso, an award-winning HR outsourcing consultancy, invites businesses of all sizes to its successful strategies to manage talent, recruit for skills gaps based on employee inventories, assess markets for growth, develop long-range succession plans, and influence a culture of enthusiastic buy-in. Through its flagship HRO plan, Humoriso helps businesses save money, increase productivity, and reduce legal risks by providing dedicated HR consulting for training and development, recruitment, HR technology, and strategic engagement. Learn more at www.humoriso.com or call 844-HUMORISO. That's 844-H-U-M-A-R-E-S-O. Thanks again to Humoriso for sponsoring the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. Now, back to the show. And we are back. Sharon, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the Half Hour Question Connection. Mm-hmm. What career did you dream of having when you were a child? This was easy. I wanted to be, and I think, I, in fact, I kind of feel like I've kind of made it. I wanted to be a backing singer. You know, I don't want to be Beyonce. I just want to be the backing singer. I've always wanted to be that. don't want to be in front of the stage. I just like to do the kind of behind, you know, the, I like the sparkle, the glamour but not be right right at the front of the stage. And I kind of feel like I've got that with my job. I'm not kind of, I'm usually the doing the work in the background, you know, shaking the tambourine, but not in the work context. But, you know, that's, that's really what I wanted to do when I, was, when I was young. Sharon, have you seen Six Feet from Stardom? No, do I need to see it? It's all about backup singers. Oh, yes. You should see it. It's, it's quite good. Yeah, uh, Six Feet from Stardom. Oh, documentary. Cool. I think, you, I think you'll appreciate it. I will. <laughs> I will. Who's one person you've gained in the network in the last year that you think more people should know? This is so tough. There's so many great people out there in my network. And a lot of them, to be honest, when I was when I was thinking about who's come into my network in the last year, it was really tough because I've got such longstanding contacts and connections. They're the kind of things that help and survive and are make me thrive really and you've also I was listening to lots of I listen to your your podcasts right so you've already had people who've been mentioned so I was kind of thinking I need to give a new name don't I you know you've got to have somebody new and different and so on so I'm gonna pick one of my and um, she's a good buddy I have known her for longer but on Twitter she's only really just come in over the last year she is actually an American but she lives in London I think she's awesome because she does some great work looking at how to get more female members of um, onto boards. She's got this amazing energy. Her name is Anne-Marie Rodriguez de Colleen, and but her Twitter name is much easier to remember. She's called um, Ruby Red Coach. And I think she's kind of an awesome force of nature. And um, yeah, she's a good person to connect with. Sharon, how do you maintain balance? For me, the key to balance, I think, is if I'm thinking of well-being, I think of exercise. You know, for me, if I don't get out, have some fresh air, even if it's just a walk or like this morning, I started with some yoga, which is like a Saturday morning kind of ritual thing. 
then that helps me get some balance um, in, in my life, really. A life without exercise feels a little bit out of kilter for me. So, yeah, it's my go-to. Sharon, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR community? Well, I think Wendy mentioned it in the starts, as well as doing some volunteering. So I, I often help, particularly with people who are looking for career advice or support. So I do quite a few things for for family, etc. like, I don't know, interview prep and, you know, just things like that, giving back in, in terms of skills. But my big giving back is um, I run this HR interim networking group, and I've been doing that for over 10 years. I call it my unpaid passion project side hustle. We've got 1,300 members, mainly UK, Europe, um, and it's expanding beyond that. So we've got some people in Australia and Asia and India and some in the States and Canada, South America. But it's really for people like me who are working as independent, either coaches, consultants or interims. It's a way of providing support to people who are working on their own outside of organizations. And we do lots of sharing, networking, we share leads. We kind of provide some support when people are thinking, what's going on in the market out there? What, you know, what crazy stuff is going on and how can we support each other? So it's particularly, I mean, it's been going for a long time, but it's particularly come into its own during COVID, particularly at the start. People were wondering how to cope, what to do. And so the network just kind of came into its own, really, providing lots of food for thought, sharing. We do knowledge sharing sessions, for example so that people can just feel less alone and a bit more connected. It takes quite a lot of my time, but it's, it's a real labour of love. So I'm, I'm happy to do it. And it's my way of giving back to all of the people who helped me when I stepped off the permanent career and stepped into an independent career. And there were so many people who were really generous with their time and their knowledge about the experiences and knowledge that they'd had that helped them, that this is my way of doing the same to the next generation of people who are out there going on that journey. It makes me super proud when people connect up and we can help each other. Um, even if we're looking for the same amount of work, there's people who are there to support you if, if you reach out to them. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Sharon, what's your favourite movie? My absolute This is, I love this movie, Uncle Buck. I'm sorry, oh. Uncle Buck. <laughs> Uncle Buck, every time it comes on the telly, I just think John Candy is a legend. And I just love that film. And there's so many lines from the film that I just, yeah. And every time I see it, it still makes me laugh. If it's on the TV, I have to watch it. I just, um, I just enjoy it so much. I'm proud to say Uncle Buck. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time. I need to uh, I need to watch that again. Uh, it's awesome. I love it. Sharon, what was the first concert you remember attending? This is hard because I don't um when I was a kid, we lived in a place that didn't really have. I mean, it makes me sound like I lived in somewhere kind of like like nowhere. They, it wasn't really on a gig circuit. I think the first one that I can honestly remember is is a band called Erasure. So I um, I think, you know, they probably were the first ones I saw. Partly like I said, we just were you know, my parents lived in this place that's just off a gig circuit. It was like, who would gig there? So, uh, yeah, it was when I left home. I, I, that was the first gig that I can remember going to. Comes in handy for 80s pop trivia. Or, you know. Great band, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it has some upsides. What was the last show you binge watched? So there's two that come to mind. One's like, if I want to be really highbrow, right, I quite like subtitled television. 
And there was a French subtitled TV program that I really liked, which was called The Disappearance. So that was quite cool. But if I'm going to be like guilty pleasure, then at the minute I'm binge watching Married at First Sight Australia. <laughs> it's it's not so highbrow, high, high disparu, I think it's called in French. Um, uh, but um, I just love it. I think if I can't watch any other version other than the Australian one, I think it's the surf, the Australian humour... The Sydney Opera House, you know, it's like, kind of, you know, it's got to be that. It's got to be that for me. That's awesome. <laughs> Sharon, what's a hobby or a thing you really like to do that may surprise people? So in ordinary times, I mean, obviously everybody has a phone, right? And they they love taking photos. I'm not a big selfie um, kind of photo taker, but I love taking pictures. So my Instagram feed is full of pictures of places that I go ordinarily. So usually it's connected with what I call my gigs. So the the work that I do for clients. Last year, I was pre-lockdown. Um, I spent quite a lot of time between Manchester and London. So I was taking lots of pictures of cool Manchester street art and sending them out as my kind of hashtag perks of my interim manager life, you know. But what I do do is I make cards. I make uh, cards out of my photos little what I call retro cards they they look like polaroids and I send them out to people and um, I am keeping the snail mail postal service in full operation in the UK and even some of my cards have made it over to the US to my Twitter buddies and um, in the States and and um, yeah so I've been sending out quite a lot of lockdown love cards and sometimes people go these cards are so cool and I, I kind of think maybe I should put some branding on because I actually do take the photos and I do make them I'm not sure if people actually realise that I do, but it's, I quite like it. You know, I'm quite a creative person. Sometimes at work, you can't fully do that kind of creative thing all the time. So it's nice to have a hobby that, that kind of feeds that part of me that is creative. We need to connect you with Emily Endert, who's our oh. friend, actually, who makes all her own cards. Oh. And Angela Champ is Pinpalooza. Like, she's, she has pen pals everywhere and sends out. Oh, I and like then they're so Angela's in Canada and uh-huh. Emily's actually here in Virginia with me. That's great. Uh, yeah, I love it. I, I just love sending cards. It's better than getting junk mail or bills through the face. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> everybody needs a card. That's what I say. I love it. Well, finally, Sharon, since we're making other people do the work for us now, <laughs> if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be? Maybe the question that stumped me, maybe I should ask that to the person who is on next. Because the question (laughs) that really stumped me was that whole, um, you know, the HR challenges that you see that are unique. And I'm wondering, so maybe the question that I'd like to ask is, what do you see as the HR challenge or the people challenge that is unique to maybe your business or your context Because I'm really curious about that. You know, maybe I've got a blind spot and I'd really like that to be revealed. So, you know, yeah, that's going to be my question. (laughs) Well, as we said, we don't try to come up with difficult things we like when they're posed. Yeah. This will go on to the next conversation there. But Sharon, again, it's been an absolute pleasure to be able to speak to you. And again, appreciate you taking time. We figured out the time zones. We made it work. (laughs) So glad to have you as part of our community in the conversation I know some of our listeners may not be connected with you. Let us know. How do they get in touch? Company website, all that good stuff. How, how do we reach out there? 
Well, so as we've already discussed, my Twitter handle is quite hard to uh, say. I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram as Sharon G. Chiara. Chiara is spelled C-H-I-A-R-A. I'm also on LinkedIn. I think my URL there is, is the same, Sharon G. Chiara. And my website is chiaraconsultancy.co.uk. I love connecting with people. Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. You'll find me there chatting connecting, supporting the community, hopefully. We will have that in the show notes. And then, Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to find you out there? Best way, as always, on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And, of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter, 7 p.m. Eastern time, as part of our twice-monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? Once again, I want to thank you, Mariso, for sponsoring this episode and mm-hmm. being part of the, all the conversations this month. And as for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman. And for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen and share. That's all we ask and we'll continue to ask. International listeners, you're listening to an international <laughs> guest. Please get in touch. We'd love yes. to talk to you as well. Sharon, appreciate you being with us for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. <laughs>